Hello and welcome to episode number one of Gakado Radio. In this episode, we're going to take the time to introduce ourselves, tell you why we're into geckos, what are we keeping, what do we hope to keep, and what we hope to bring you with this podcast. We will bring you an episode once a month and we hope to help you better understand how geckos work and the joy that you will have both keeping and even seeing them in the wild. Let's get into the show. Welcome all you gecko aficionados. The idea of this podcast came at the end of 2021. Nipper and I were exchanging pics of Australian geckos and I couldn't get over how cool it were. So many colors and patterns. I had been wanting to add more gecko talk to the network, but wanted it to be on its own rather than do the brief overview sometimes we do on NPR. Nipper and I decided to give it a go, but we wanted to add Phil Wolf from the THP network. He has a tremendous amount of knowledge when it comes to geckos, and so Gekato Radio was born. We hope to bring you an in-depth podcast about everything you could want to know about geckos. We'll discuss topics like genus, species, habitat, countries, keeping, field herping, and photography. So let's get into it. Okay, I will kick it off. My name is Eric Burke, and I'm a snake guy at heart. And as some of you may know, if you listen to NPR, my favorite snakes are carpet pythons. The deeper and deeper that I would get into carpet pythons, the more I would stumble upon the other reptiles that are in Australia. This love of carpet pythons finally led me to take the plunge and herp in Australia. In 2018, we went to North Queensland, and in 2019, we went to the Northern Territory. My focus at this time was to look for pythons, especially carpet pythons. I remember sitting in Chiligo on some rocks and I would watch these skinks jumping around. Males would push males off their rock, trying to win over the females. Their whole world was on these couple of rocks. I was amazed and started to ponder the idea of how cool these skinks are. And if I saw them in a reptile show on a table, I would pass them by without a second thought. I mean, they are just brown skinks, right? It kind of made me think that I was missing out and I vowed to start to look into li the lizards of Australia. Another story, probably the main push for my interest in geckos, was one night herping in the Northern Territory. I wanted, again, to find a python. Uh, I was looking out the window and I saw this banded pattern that I swore was a black-headed python. We jump out of the car and it turns out that it was just a stick. The guys started busting my stones about finding this elusive black-headed python stick. And as we went back to the car with my tail between my legs, I stumble upon Strophurus ciliaris. It was just chilling there on a branch. This was it, and this was when I fell in love. My interest was spiked. This gecko was so cool, and I had to learn as much as I could about this amazing species. The next nail in my coffin was the complete knobtail gecko by Justin Julander and Michael Plank. This opened the door to more amazing species of geckos. I had always had interest in knobtails, and this was the best book to date written on the topic. It just sunk me further and further into wanting to learn about the lizards of Australia. As a snake guy, switching to lizards is for some very intimidating. The daily maintenance and the bugs and 
Not to mention that I love herping trips, and it's much easier to take a trip while keeping snakes than lizards. I decided to try to add a species of lizards and see what happened. So, uh, I had always been fascinated by dwarf monitors, and I hear, heard a lot of people talking about Aki monitors, so I decided uh, to try them out. This led me to look into more Aussie lizards because these were just the coolest. They were, they were interactive and jumping around and uh, just different than snakes. Not necessarily better, but just different. Well, of course, this led me to adding Kimberly rock monitors, and then finally I took the plunge and added some geckos. I was blown away with how many species of lizards there are in Australia. Further and further, I would go down this rabbit hole just to be more and more blown away. As I found these amazing pics of Aussie geckos, I would send them over to Nipper. Hey, Nipper, check this out. And he would send some more pics telling me, have you seen these? And back and forth it would go, and we would just drool over these geckos all day long. Then we herped West Texas in 2021 with the THP crew which included Phil Wolf. We did find some geckos on the trip. We found Coleonyx, which is basically like a North American leopard gecko. I was embarrassed to say that I had no idea that they were even in the U.S. Getting to hang out with the Wolf of Wheelerai on that trip is what led me to want to work with Phil on a podcast project. Somehow I had to bridge the two worlds of NPR and THP. And here we are today. I'm here to learn as much as I can about these amazing reptiles that I've overlooked for far too long. What about you, Phil? My name is Phil Wolf, and much like my co-hosts, I am a herper through and through. Um, I've been dealing with reptiles for as long as I can remember, and when you're a little kid and your mom's terrified of snakes, you're not allowed to have snakes, but for some reason, the same thing with legs, that's socially acceptable. So mom said, why don't we get you a cute little gecko? And that just snowballed into all kinds of stuff. Geckos from all over the place. Felsuma, leopard geckos, coleonyx. Uh, and eventually you start to look at, you know, more rarer, more unique geckos. And me being a snake guy and immersing myself completely in the legless world, there's always been a passion for geckos. And I realized, wait a minute, I'm an adult. I have a real job. I'm a grown-up. I could buy whatever geckos I want now and I dove headfirst into Knobtails. So I started a small Instagram page called knobtails.ig just to kind of get the facts out there because although a lot of people do keep and breed Nephurus and Odorosaurus and their kin, there isn't a lot of information out there. Um, you know, Dr. Julander's Knobtails book didn't even exist in his mind at the time that this was happening. So I figured, let me compile as much data and photos and friends as I can on my quest to, uh, better the captive hobby of keeping terrestrial geckos. Um, and then I meet these two guys, Nipper and Eric, and they're both like, oh, you like geckos too? We're snake friends and we're gecko friends? We need to do a podcast. And here we are, kids. So uh, without further ado, uh, Mr. Nipper Reed. Thank you. Um, yeah, my name's Nipper Reed, and I'm the oldest of this three, um, possibly not the wisest. I've been field herping for over three decades now. I've been fortunate enough to field herp around the world, um, mainly Europe, but lots of Asian stuff, a little bit of Australian stuff or New Zealand stuff, um, and some Malaysian stuff, that sort of thing. Um, I've always been, like the other two, originally snake-centric, 
But when I've been out, I've always loved photographing geckos. And then lockdown happened. And in lockdown, it was very boring. No field herping uh, in the UK and Europe. Lockdown was very tight. So not a chance to go on a trip and nothing to do but look at books. And then Eric started sending me little pictures of Australian geckos. And it was just like crack. And I started revising and learning about Australian geckos. And then Eric turned me on to some field herping videos by Frank. Um, I'm not even going to try and say his surname, I'll crucify it. But um, you know who I'm talking about, the Reptilian Diaries chap, super chap. And um, his field herping stuff in Australia with the geckos totally inspired me. To the point where now in my building I've actually moved out quite a lot of larger snakes and I now have racks and racks of exoterras full of various geckos and I see it just getting worse and worse and having fewer and fewer snakes and more and more geckos. So that's where we are at the moment. All down to Mr Burke. It's totally his fault. He's cost me a fucking fortune. I'm looking forward to chatting geckos with these guys. Let's talk about 2022 herping. Now that the world is starting to open back up, what are your what are your plans? What are your target species? What do you what do you hope to find? Let's start with you, Dipper. Well, I'm uh, I'm literally, as our lovely Australian friends would say, stinging to get out herping at the moment. Um, my first trip is only in a few weeks, and I'm off to Bulgaria and Romania as long as the war in the Ukraine doesn't spill over the border. Um, so I've got some a number of targets there, of which one of them um, is the bent-toed gecko, which is, um, it used to be Kochi's gecko, but they've recently split it. So I thought I'd seen all the geckos in Europe, and then some clever taxonomists have come along, they've split the geckos in Europe even further. So then there's four new species of bent-toed gecko in Europe. Um, I've seen a couple of them. I've still got two more to see. Um, and I say one of them, hopefully we'll find along the coast in Bulgaria. So uh, that's my first trip. Also on that trip, I'm after some snakes I haven't seen. There's a couple of snakes that I still want to see or get better photographs of. Watch snake and the red whip snake. And there's also a newt I haven't seen, which I should be hoping to get some photographs of, which is Montandon's newt. And then the month after, I get to go with the lovely Eric to walk around Arizona. And my number one target for Arizona, that's non-rattlesnake, is Coleonyx. I will be absolutely giddy if I find any Coleonyx. I keep a lot of Coleonyx at home at the moment, and I think it's, it's a fabulous genus. And to see one in the wild will be absolutely amazing. So yeah, Coleonyx is my, my my big gecko want for the Arizona trip, along with the obvious rattlesnakes, particularly the Rhizonose rattlesnake. And then after that, I'm going to the island of Crete, um, which is a, a Greek island. Uh, off the coast of um, the Peloponnese, and that has an endemic bent-toed gecko, um, which is one of the ones that was recently split. So even though I've been to Crete and photographed all the things I thought I needed to photograph, all of a sudden the gecko that I ignored because I thought I'd seen it in other places is in fact a completely new species. So I will be going to photograph that. And then I'm going to Milos, which is another Greek island, but part of the Cyclades, so sort of other end of Greece. 
Um, and again, there's bento geckos on the island, which I'll photograph, but there's also blunt nose vipers, uh, green lacertids, uh, grass snakes that are endemic, water frogs that are endemic. So it's a pretty good little uh, herping hotspot. And then if there's any time and finances left, and if my missus will let me go away again, I want to go to Samos Island and uh, photograph some of the rock lizards and geckos that are there. And that should see me up to 2023, when my first big trip will be Philadelphia, PA, where, <laughs> where my, my plan is to see as many Philly herps as possible, um, like hellbenders and timber rattlesnakes. So that's where we are at the moment. Copperheads. Copper, copperheads, <laughs> yeah. You don't have geckos in Philly, but... No. <laughs> um, Everything else is really, really cool. Right. Um, I would like to get a sneaky trip in to see Phil in Florida, though, because he has shed loads of local geckos, which uh, he's got the reef gecko and uh, spherodactylis and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, those bentos in Greece, are they now the same genus, the, what is it, a critodactylus as the stuff in Southeast Asia? Wow, so they took a Greek gecko and joined it in the same genus as something in Southeast Asia. Very interesting. Yeah, they. Um, if you're, t you're talking bento geckos, they um, they're quite a, quite a, a widespread. Um, so you, 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 once you're out of Europe, you're looking at Turkey uh, through sort of like um, Eastern Russia, that sort of area, going around across Turkey into Asia. Very cool. <clears throat> um, like Nipper, I'm itching for field herping, and. Uh, we have uh, two, possibly three trips this year. First one is Southern California, where we hope to find Philodactylus xanti, which is the leaf-toed gecko, which is one of the, I think there's what, three? Well, there's what, how many species? Five species in the U.S. of gecko? Is it three or five? If, if, if you're counting mainland USA, mm -hmm. And it, it depends because some are in a, a Mexico and bleed over the border. Mm. So you're probably looking between five and seven species that are non-introduced. Okay. Well, that would be one of them. And that's right in that area. And then uh, obviously the trip to Arizona with Nipper um, will be Coleonyx. That would be the one to, uh, to find. And then probably my most exciting trip um, uh, would be heading back to Australia and we're supposedly headed to northern Queensland. Um, so up in the Iron Range area, possibly flying into Cairns. And then depending on where we actually go, it depends on what species we would see. But I would like to find Carphodactylus uh, and the Furus Asper, um, any of the leaf-tailed geckos. I mean, the idea that these species are found in these little tiny pockets uh, just blows my mind. And like pocket to pocket means species to species. And similar to the skinks of what I talked about, they just live their entire life on a on a few rocks or in this gorge or whatever it would be. Um, let's see what else. The back the box pattern gecko, any of the Oedura. So yeah, that's the that's the hope for me as far as geckos go. What about you, Phil? What you got planned? Well, um, I don't get a lot of time off, so a lot of my herping is done local, and a lot of my time is spent in the cane fields of Florida, the Everglades, some of the sandy hill country, you know, some some cypress heads and cypress regions. Um, 
a lot of flag pond herping, but there's no geckos there at all. Um, so my first priority in terms of geckos is finding Spirodactylus natatus, which is the Florida reef gecko. Uh, there's a pocket of them about 20 minutes from my house. But the problem is it's all state land or private property. So you basically have to go and go onto public state land and be discreet and bring your camera and, you know, don't touch anything. And then now I got to find some friends of friends who own property on the beach because Spirodactylus latatus does not live more than one mile inland from the ocean. So you basically got to find people's houses and backyards that are friendly to you and that are on the beach or on the intercoastal barrier islands and go from there. So that, that's going to be priority number one. And uh, because I will not be herping outside of my state for the rest of the year, uh, that's it for, you know, desirable lizard species for me. But because I live in South Florida, because there is copious amounts of invasive gecko species, I've basically got a laundry list going of stuff that I can find in my Tri-County area. Um, most of it is going to be a lot of Hemidactylus species. There's, I think, six or seven different Hemidactylus species that I can find in my county alone. Um, and then you've also got uh, Toke geckos and a handful of Felsuma. So I think Standing Eye, Garandis, and one other one, uh, Laticordia. So those three I have spots for. They I'm hoping to get them this summer. And uh, and depending on who owns the property, maybe I'll keep them. Maybe I won't. I don't know. And uh, But I've basically given up on trying to physically catch a toke because where they're found by me, they're on apartment buildings, and it's like seven to ten stories up. So, and they're on the side of the building. So unless you can get balcony access to one of those condos and you have like a pool skimmer, you're never gonna catch that lizard. So I'm gonna try and borrow a, a high def telephoto lens and see how, see how close I can get without actually like falling off the top of the building. <laughs> so, but that's my, that's my gecko aspirations for 2022 in terms of field herping. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. I, I've got to be honest, as you know, I'm a long-term venomous keeper and I've, I've kept some quite serious species in the past. And the thing at every single thing I've kept over the last 30 odd years, the thing that frightens me the most is Tokyo geckos. They are... <laughs> <laughs> they are just angry monsters. They're super, super scary little things. <laughs> yeah. Me meanwhile, Tyler Brooks from the Canixis Working Group, he has like a, 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 a small family unit in his tortoise barn. And he sends me random snapshots, like at least once a week. He's like, when are you coming to get these geckos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're making more babies. There's a family unit. They're talking to each other. Please save me from said geckos. Yeah, they are scary. And again, also, I cannot believe that you can just walk out of your apartment and collect gold dust geckos because I'm in the process of buying some and they're costing me a lot of money. So that's depressed me no end. Well, it's not uh, it's not as common as you know some of the Anolis species, but uh, but if you know people and you know where to go and you. Yeah. Get an idea of what's going on. There's a lot. I think we've got 14 or 15 invasive gecko species in my Tri-County area. I know, I know that is, you know, wow. in, in, in terms of, you know, the bio biology of it all, that's really, really bad. But in terms of just being able to go and see these great species, that's amazing. I, I would love that. I mean, to see... Well, what I... 
What I think is interesting is though, is despite it being an atrocity that we have these invasive animals destroying whatever they're destroying, they're really not destroying anything that isn't already destroyed by humans because they're living in isolated urban pockets where it's a bougie high-rise condominium where, you know, each condo is $2 million each and no one's going to mess with them. And there's also no other animals living there except for them. So it's kind of cool and it doesn't really affect, you know, the Florida ecosystem per se because we already bulldozed what they're living in. I was going to say, so we've talked about what we're going to try and see in the wild. So what are we actually keeping at the moment? What's, what's, what's in our collections at the present time? How about you, Eric? What have you got going? Okay, so I have uh, Underwatersaurus. Um, I got a proven pair uh, from April. And um, I have a hypo and a normal. Um, and I'm going to try to breed them probably sometime next year i guess uh i also have a pair of um well i don't know if it's a pair uh but i have oidora milanus i got those from dustin grand very cool little geckos i, I guess for me the thing with the geckos is i kind of had the monitors um started with those and i figured since i'm dealing with bugs why not add geckos in so uh that's the 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 pair that the two species that i have at the moment and uh i look forward to adding some more but we'll get into that what about you phil i know you've got a shit time what have you what have you got well i don't have as many as i'd like to have right now i i downsized the collection quite a bit over the past say year and a half um uh, as terms of tropical stuff i was only keeping coleonyx matratus um and i was focusing on a particular like bold, broad banded, which from what I gather is Northern Honduras. Um, and I was basically keeping a small little colony of them. And I realized that I'm not a tropical guy. I'm an arid and, and desert guy. So those actually went to my good friend, Chris. Um, and right now, just looking at the room. So I've got 1.2 Underwoodosaurus Millie, uh, all of which were produced by Leland Ward at DW Geckos. And I bought them all as unsexed babies. And what's crazy is Leland is so good and, and with his geckos and he has such a keen eye for patterning and 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 bloodlines by looking at parents in, rela in relationship to, to offspring that he literally holds these two geckos and he goes, this one's gonna be a hypo and this one's gonna be a normal. And I said, well, I kind of want just normals. You know, I want wild type. He's like, well, you never know, roll the dice. So I bought them turned out to be two female hypos and <laughs> which is but what's crazy is the one that he said was going to be a hypo sure as hell it came one and then i wound up getting another male uh normal that i'm raising up now so they should be ready probably next year uh and then i've got a large group of nephris uh, synctus excuse me i'm stumbling my words as i look across the room um, and they've been pains in my ass because they're all proven breeders and they all throw eggs and the male wants to, the, the males, excuse me, want to breed anything that moves. But for whatever reason, the girls this year have just been not receptive. So I'm going to change around some of my uh, enclosures and try and move around some temperatures and see if I can kickstart some stuff. I've got one lone Nephris vertebralis and that's because his girlfriend passed away unexpectedly. 
So until I can muster up the, the, uh, the gumption to get him a girlfriend, he's all by his lonesome. And I think that concludes it for Gecko's right now. Yep, that's it for right now. Friends, right. What have I got at the moment? What has Mr. Burke got me into? Let's see. I also have a, a trio of Underwoodysaurus, which hopefully will breed this year. Um, I have some Strophurus Williams Eye, Strophurus Sienacorda, and Strophurus Ciliaris. So, uh, the silly Irish should be big enough to breed towards the end of this year, which is good. Um, I have Ojira uh, Manolis. I've got uh, two two of those. I've got a nice pair of Ojira Castle Nawi, um, which are absolutely stunning. Uh, I have got Coleonyx Brevis. I've got two pairs of those. I've got two pairs of Coleonyx variegatus i've got four pairs of coleonyx mitratus ah what else have i got i've got oh i've got some cave geckos i've got the uh Baguenel-Ediliensis from the little tiny uh nature reserve in hanan i've got um, Felsuma Standing Eye, got a couple of pairs of those, got a couple of pairs of Felsuma Grandis, I've got Felsuma Kochai, um, I've got Morning Geckos, I've got, um, what else have I got? Oh, I've got Hemidactylus, got lots of Hemidactylus, I've got a lot of Hemidactylus wild in the snake building, they just live in there quite happily and drop eggs all over the place. I've got Moorish geckos and I've got um, Turkish geckos as well. Um, and I've got golden geckos, again, which are wild in the building, which uh, I had five which have escaped. And now they just happily, I see them every now and then and they eat up all the crickets that I drop or <laughs> the spiders that come in on bits of wood and that sort of thing. I think that's everything for the minute. Eric, we're slacking. The- we're slacking real bad. You are. I, yeah. I've, I've got wow. more American geckos than both of you put together. Put together. So, uh, put together. <laughs> so uh, for shame. Well, if it makes you feel yeah, better, I'm talking to say. someone right now uh, about getting another 1.3 synctus. So fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that that is um, that's my next. That's the direction I'm aiming in. Um, if we're going to talk about what we've got, what future plans we've got, or what species we'd like to get this year, um, knobtails are very, very high on my list of what I want to Good, get. Good, it's this about year. time. It is about time. Um, I want to get a lot more of the cave geckos because I think they are absolutely amazing. Um, they're, they're, they're really readily available in Europe. The prices aren't too sinister. Um, is there a particular species of knobtail you want to add? Um, well, I'd like uh, Amia, but I don't, I don't yeah. know what the prices are like in the States, but the, the prices are savage for those you're looking, in Europe. You're looking around, you know, five, six hundred bucks for unsex baby. Yep. Yeah, probably about the same. And if, you, if you're talking a sex female, you're, you're looking about eight, eight hundred. Yeah, that's, that's about the same here. That's about the same. So it's, it's quite an investment. Um, but I will probably go for Synctus because they're the cheapest over here. 
Um, I want to try and get um, husband, uh, Andy Woodysaurus, husbandy, if I can. They're available in Europe. I think it's a, a stunning thing. Yeah, as far as I know, only um, uh, Secret Labs in the US has them right now. I mean, one or two other people that are smaller breeders might have them, but they're not as, um, they're nowhere near as prevalent as normal Millie. No, I think that I, I prefer them to be perfectly honest, but um, it's they're not they're, they're much rarer in the hobby over here. Um, I'd like some Bayonne's gecko, um, another little Australian tiny little Australian species. Uh, they're not they're not too uh, too expensive and they're readily available. Um, I want more strophes desperately. I have a huge list. Um, I definitely want to get hold of some elderly. I need uh, Spinigerus. Um, and maybe some of the smaller, thinner species, Jani, uh, I'd like to get hold of. I think they're all available. Um, and more Oegira. I want Coggery. Um, I want uh, Fimbra. All of those, which which are, um, what is the one I saw the other day? Cincta. Um, they're available as well. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's quite a few. So, uh, and I'd love to get the remaining coleonic species. Elegans is really easy to get um, and really cheap, but the others, um, uh, coleonics, I think it's Gypsicolus, the one from the little island off of um, the Baja Peninsula, um, which have technically never been exported anywhere because it's a completely protected area. People in Europe have got them, so I would like to see if I could get hold of some of those. Um, and Switaki, um, again, not many people are legally supposed to have kept them, but I believe they're available if uh, if you know the right people. So yeah, I think that'll be, uh, and I would also love some chameleon geckos, but they are absolutely extortionate over here. You're looking at about three and a half grand a pair. Yeah. So, so that that's that's my wants for uh, for this year. We'll see what money I've got left after travelling and <laughs> various other <laughs> things. But uh, I don't see myself buying very. Other apart from some rattlesnakes, I don't see myself buying many snakes this year. I think it'll be predominantly geckos. I still have empty exoterras, believe it or not. So uh, it's still there. You do? I do. <laughs> I'd actually also I'd, I'd like some reef geckos. So I might try and get hold of some reef geckos as well because I, th I think it's a fascinating little species. Yeah, man, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So what about you, Phil? Any anything apart from the knob tails well, you're after? Uh, to be honest, I I don't like speaking ill about him because he's right next to me. But that male vertebralis may get traded out for something because <laughs> no one wants to sell a female vertebralis without another male. So I think I may just trade him to a friend or something for for something i don't know um i would like to try and get a pair of uh old enough to be sexed but not adult amy um because i have i've had many many amy over the years and i know my husbandry is sound from my own experiences as well as other people but i've had very very bad luck with bad genetics and, and not in terms of breeding just in terms of the animal itself so I'm going to be very, very selective and very choosy when I do that. Um, so, but I'd like mm -hmm. to do, I'd like to accomplish that in 2022. It's been several years since I've had Amy eye. Um, and then I would really love to get a pair of actual Wheeler eye. So I know Dr. Leonard produced some. So if he continues to, and he wants to, you know, throw a guy a bone, 
you know, I'll be that dog, so to speak. Um, and other than that, I think I'm going to focus on trying to get those reef geckos. I want to, I want to oh, catch my own, man. <laughs> yeah. Are they, are they not, they're not protected. No, not at all. And, the, and there's a huge, no. there's a huge debate because, and not to get too crazy on the whole Spirodactylus in Florida thing, but there's research papers from rep, reputable academics saying, oh, it was from the 1500s. It was, you know, imported here accident or it, it introduced accidentally because of, you know, pirate trading in 1529 or whatever the hell they say. Some people say it was in the 1940s when we did a lot of boat traveling to and from Cuba. Um, other people say, no, it's been here since, you know, the ice age and they're, they're native here. They're just, they, they rafted like everything else. Um, so you've got biologists and academics in, in academics right now saying that they're being destroyed because of global warming, climate change, and, you know, the, the oceans rising and their habitats getting flooded out with seawater and they live in the, in the sea grape leaves and those sea grape leaves are being destroyed from rising tides. And I don't doubt that. I'm not, I'm not against global warming. But when you bulldoze an entire strip, a mile long strip of sea grape habitat so that you could put up a beach with a condo and a resort and an in-ground pool that's fresh water, that's really what does it. You know what I mean? Because right. even though, yes, global warming is a thing, the seawater is rising, all that nonsense, if it floods out from storm surge, the geckos are still there. They just move more inland or they just go up the sea grape, right? Because it's a bush. Right. So right. there's people arguing whether or not they should be protected in terms of that. And then there's people arguing whether or not they should be protected because there's no more left. But the problem is the places that they're doing these surveys is all private property or state land. Well, the private property they have is few and far between because no one wants biologists snooping around their backyard, you know? So the question is, are they really declining in numbers or is or do we as humans just not have access to find them so a large right. a large debate you know is it invasive is it not invasive and should it be protected should it not be protected who knows as far as oh, as far as right now it's not and i'm gonna catch those little buggers <laughs> go for it mate 100 are you what are the other uh, species you've got then uh spirodactyls that you could catch uh, as far as I know, it's just Natatus, Natatus in Florida. And then if you go to the Keys, um, the there's the one from Cuba. I want to say it's Elegans. All right. Yeah. And, and what's happened is the key islands in which the Cuban uh, Spirodactylus has become invasive, there's no more Natatus, Natatus. They basically right, weeded okay. them out. So, but again, no one really knows if that's just because we started noticing it or if it's if it's and it's always been like that or if it is an actual problem that's recently happened you know 100 what about you eric what's on your list to purchase this year uh like you guys i think uh the nea is probably one of the, the top of the list um and then any strafurus uh <laughs> i'll take any of them <laughs> you know um Probably for me, uh, I would probably want Ciliaris just because of seeing them in the wild. I like to sort of uh, tick off those species that I found in the wild uh, type of approach. But um, And then uh, 
the uh, Phylaris um, Amicola uh, is one that I would like to add. Uh, I think that would go well in my Diamond Python room. I think it would fit in there, being that they like it a little bit colder. Um, I, that's really what I would I want to add. Um, I still have a few snakes that I want to add too, unlike these two guys. That uh... oh, there's snakes. <laughs> I'm just not talking about. Them. Yeah, I've, I've got snakes on my head. I've got a lot of rattlesnakes on my head, but um, yeah. I think most of the stuff, most of the money will be going on geckos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're quite fortunate that you have a cooler room that you can keep a lot of the leaf tails in because if if you if you're keeping multiple species if you're keeping asian or middle eastern species there's no way that you'd be able to keep the leaf tails with it as well you know it's a funny story like when i bought my house one of the things that i looked for was the ability to sort of have two different rooms with being a carpet python guy at heart i sort of was wondering how am i going to be able to keep diamond pythons uh, with the rest of the other carpets and obviously inlands and breadley fall into that as well so um it just sort of works out to uh, to be able to add those species of uh, geckos that fall into that, you know. So oh, that's cool. See, I, I'm limited. I only I, I only have one building, I'm afraid. So um, I've got a, a, one of the reasons that I'm just really keeping or trying to keep the montane rattlesnakes um, is the fact that they can tolerate the lower temperatures. So uh, it kind of works in with the geckos as well. Yeah. I would love it. If I had a separate room, I'd be leaf towels yeah, all day just long. Just remember, Eric, you and I each have two rooms. Nipper has a yep. building. <laughs> just just remember that. Yeah. It's only a little building. No, don't, you make it sound like it's a, a, a freestanding plastic shack from Home Depot. It's definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's a brick, it's a brick built yeah. building. with. It's actually got coach lights on the outside, which makes me nice. nice. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. But, um, no, I need more space. We all need more space. We all need more money. We all need more time. Always. Always. Yeah. I think that's another big thing for me in 2022 is to sort of get like I, I would really like to um, do my gecko editions differently than I did my snake editions where I have the enclosure sort of dialed in and ready to go before I'm adding that species. So um, really trying to, um, you know, one of my main goals is um, I really want to try to keep uh a lot of my reptiles in like zoo level quality enclosures, oh, yeah, man. which is a huge, it's a huge undertaking, but I think, I think for myself, it, I find way more enjoyment in, uh, obser observation. Um, and I'm going to learn way more, uh, than yeah. And e even like the internet, even with my knobs <laughs> in, in racks, the, like the nephris all in 32 court racks, I try to do the best I can to make it as naturalistic as possible in the rack. So I've, I've got right. lighting, you know, you've got different hides and substrate and decor, what have you. So I want to expand that and give them bigger space with more stuff because I can't have, not to be rude to Nipper, a wall full of exoterras. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%.
everybody. That was episode one of Gakato Radio. We hope that you have a better feel for us and what we hope to accomplish with this podcast. You know, the goal of the NPR Network is to bring you as much information as we can about the species that you love. We hope to leave a positive mark in the history of herpticulture and push the hobby forward to better keep and breed reptiles for generations to come. Whether we are talking about how to keep a species or someone's observations from the field, we hope that this content that we are bringing you will get you thinking and making your own observations so you can leave your mark on the hobby. In the next episode, we're getting into the weeds with U.S. geckos. We will hear from some people that keep them in captivity, what their approach to keeping and breeding them is. We will also be talking to people that have seen them in the wild and what their observations are of how to care for them in captivity in your own home. Until next time, remember to share your knowledge with others and ultimately you're giving thousands of reptiles a better life. You're out.